Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. This is now episode 7 of the off-season walkthrough tour, which took us out all the way to the eastern portion of Ontario. It was our first overnight trip. Wasn't that, wasn't that fun, Dakota? It was lovely. It was lovely. The first stop on our little marathon trip out east took us to the University Carl of Carleton, where we sat down with... Alamin Shipaloo, I'm still not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but we're just going to roll with it. Nathan Carter and Joshua Ferguson. Um, I guess we'll, anything really to say before we jump right into it, Dakota? I'm already mad you just exposed the names, but I guess you have to do that on the episode. But now let's go ahead. All right, we'll go ahead with it. Roll the tape. My name is Josh Ferguson. I play running back at Carleton University, number 23. Adam Chipotle, DB, number 16, Carleton University. Nathan Carter, running back at Carleton University, number 31. And you are listening to At The 55. The At The 55. At The 55. Okay, continuing with the off-season walkthrough tour, we're here at Carleton University with Nathan Carter. We're here with his running back partner, Joshua Ferguson. What's up? What's up? We're here with... Alamine Chipolu, thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm sure I butchered the pronunciation there, even though we just went through our little walkthrough with that. But thank you guys so much for having us in here. So we'll start off just how we've been you know, doing these with all the other teams. How's the offseason off season been going? What have you guys been getting up to preparing for the upcoming 2020 season? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, uh, as defense goes, we're um, just working hard every day, bringing in some good recruits, you know, and on offense, we're having a transition period, uh, like having a new system in offense. So we're working on that. Uh, yeah, just grinding every day, trying to improve on ourselves. Yeah, as defense goes, I'm just going to talk from a defensive point of view. Like, uh, we're working hard every day, trying to be the best defensive group in the country because we know we have the people to do that. We just have to be disciplined and just work hard every day. Yeah, so from the, like, the offensive standpoint, yeah, we've had a lot of um, – a lot of change throughout the offseason with the new OCN, new entirely new system. So it's um it's a bit of a challenge, but at the same time I think we're up to the task. We're doing pretty good things from what I've seen so far and I'm really excited to see what we do next year. So since we're here in the nation's capital, of course, the big event in terms of university football is the Panda game. Um this past year bit of a bit of a weird game, I guess. It was uh couple bad bounces and uh we'll get into that but just in terms of the atmosphere of that game because aside from maybe even just the yates that's probably the panda game is the biggest just of singular event that happens throughout the season playoffs included can you guys just kind of speak to the atmosphere of that game and what it's like just playing in the game and sort of the atmosphere around the city um during that game you know it's kind of it's some people think of it as like a challenge to um try and stay focused but like you kind of you can't let that get to your head like you can't let um like the event and like all the audience the people in the stands um get a hold of like your job on the field so you kind of just have to cancel it out and just try to work on your job and do the best that you can do yeah honestly they're not games just like it's actually a regular it's a another regular season game so you have, you have to like see it as that even though like it's like it is a big game but it's another regular season game they just have to win it's not the eights cup it's not any of that you just have to win the game 
Uh, for me, it's I've played in it, I think, every year that I've been playing in the university football. And for me, it's just a matter of using the energy that it creates, feeding off of it, but not letting it get to you to the point where it downgrades your level of play. So now, a couple weeks ago, we were in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo and talking with guys from both Waterloo and with Laurier. And it was interesting talking with them about, regardless of whether it's Battle of Waterloo game or just uh, a weekend where both teams happen to have home games, the, the post-game, uh, late-night scene. And now, obviously, Ottawa's a much bigger city uh, than Kitchener-Waterloo. But what's that like on whether it's Panda or just happens to be you guys have a home game and Ottawa has a home game as well, going out night after? Do you guys happen to run into some of the uh, the Garnet and Grays? Or uh, do you guys have your own own spots that you go to? Um, Honestly, it's kind of like we have our own own spots. But, like, most of the time it's, like, our own spots. But... Personally, I haven't have an encountered where I've I've uh, run into them, you know, like out after. But um, yeah, usually people have their own spots, but it does occur though. Like I've heard some instances where some stuff went down with the, you know, I I can't speak on that, but yeah. Yeah, he's right. It does occur, but like people like they know their lane and we know our lane. So they have to like they know not to like cross those type sh- uh, type stuff because like honestly speaking like it's just like at the end of the day like we're all in the same city so we're gonna encounter each other whether or not. So when we when we sat down with Waterloo and Laurier they were kind of saying you know after whistle blows they're all they're not buddy buddy but you know it's kind of respect between the the two teams. Is it the same with Ottawa and Carlton or is it kind of like you you stay on your side of of whatever whether it be the the, the bar or the city. Um, nah, I don't think there's any respect, to be honest, because, like, there's just no respect. Like, I mean, there, there, doesn't, there doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, but, like, I just feel like there's no, like, buddy-buddy, none of that. Like, I feel like even, though, even like, one time we're in practice and, like, we see someone with an auto use sort of on in Carlton, like, everyone just went crazy. Because, like, it's just, like, one of those ones, like, you just can't, like, do it. Like, yeah, I, th- I think when I when I first went to Western my, my rookie year, someone showed up with, like, a Queens hoodie, and that was uh, – <laughs> Quick, quickly disposed of. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. We'll say that as much. So I know we talked about this a little bit um, before we started recording, and, and Nathan, before you got here, but talking about with going into the 2019 season with the uh, absence of, of Michael Arruda and then, of course, having Tanner step in and, and do a really exceptional job uh, for a lot of people outside the program not really knowing him, but then also, I guess, with the expectation of coming in and sort of having to just run this offense on very little notice. Um, so I guess more to, for, for Nathan and Josh, but I mean, by all means, step in and, and say your two cents. What was it like? What do you guys have to say about the, the caliber person and player Tanner is just sort of taking hold of the quarterback position in uh, Arruda's absence? Uh, for me, I was completely and I got complete trust in Tanner. I We came in, I believe, the same year. I've seen him work. I've seen him. I've seen him throw the ball for a very long time. He is an exceptional athlete. So when it came to trust in him, I, for me it was just a matter of just, I know you're going to do your job, I'm going to do mine. We can do great things as long as we both, I guess, perform to the ability that we can. Well, if anyone didn't know he was a good athlete, they definitely learned in the Panda when he hurdled yeah. the, <laughs> I don't yeah, know who it was yeah, uh, for uh, Ottawa, but how about you, Josh? Yeah, it's, uh, Tanner's a really, he's, he's good. He's a team player, you know. Um, he's been there, like, like Nathan said, so he knows, he understands 
the offense too and he he knows how to communicate like with the people around him so like it wasn't too bad of a transition because he like he it feels to me like he felt comfortable already and when your quarterback is comfortable the rest of the team is comfortable so uh, I think it was good yeah so just generally here at the University of Carleton since the the team came back in, in 2013 you know there's been just star-studded players you know coming to this locker room and having success at the next level and, and even guys who just had incredible OUA careers do you guys think about that putting on the you know Raven helmet knowing that the likes of even some of your contemporaries a guy like Jack Hasser that you know we we're talking about you know not just going to the next level of being CFL but maybe even getting a look at the NFL or, or guys like Nate Bahar in the past just some of the incredible talent that has been here just in the seven years this program's come back what that's like being a part of that legacy like, honestly speaking, they did a lot. Like they paved the way for us to be honest. Like at every position, like at DB, there's Tunde, at receiver, there's Bahar, at linebacker, there's, I mean, uh, D line, there's Kenny, at linebacker, there's Kassar. So like it's like you just have people to look up to, like people to emulate, like people that you want to be better than in the future when you come in. Like you want to be better than the person that is like the face of that of the position. You know what I'm trying to say? So, like, that's a good thing that we had all that star started people. Uh, yeah. So one thing we've been talking with a couple of the other teams about is uh, whether there's what what team or perhaps player you guys think maybe talks the most smack on the field. Now, I'm very curious as to what your guys take on it. But so far in having spoken with uh, it's you guys, <laughs> That's every 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 team we've talked to has been like Carlton talks the most shit. hundred yeah. percent. So before we go into maybe why that is, is there anyone that you guys I know I, I want people to name names, but I'm not going to ask you guys <laughs> to name names. Is there anyone that team that you go against that maybe kind of runs their mouth a little too much? Deservingly so or not? I'd say against us. Probably you, Ottawa, would yeah. probably talk to us the most. Um, uh, I've heard a little bit, of, like a little bit from Western. Uh, I think those are the two teams I'd say talk about, talk the yeah. most to us. Uh, for me, I say Queens. Honestly, like everyone talks shit. To be honest, everyone <laughs> talks shit. every receiver, every receiver talks shit, and like I'm like you just have to say something back just cause. But like if they get like it's a mind game at the end of the day, it's a mind game. So, like if you just if you in their head, like if if they have the thought of you talking in their head, they're gonna overthink everything they do. Yeah. So it's just, it's just mind games at the end of the day. But everyone talks shit. But I see why people think we talk shit the most. But at the end of the day, it's a mind game. Yeah, like Alan was saying, everybody like every team hap like it, it it just happens. That's the game of football. Like you you have two competitive, strong, physical teams. Something's it, you know, there's going to be happen. tension in the air. Um, but like Carter was saying, I feel like there was, I felt like a little, a little hatred towards, not hatred, but like <laughs> tension between Western and uh, Ottawa U. But it, it happens, happened every game, to be honest. Like yeah. you, you'll see people like, like in the huddle, like when, when you're down on the ground, like after the ball, people, you know, Throw a couple of shots here or and like there. Just talk, talk their most. Talk I mean, I'd their, love yeah. to get players mic'd up again. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's way different on the field from from the outside perspective. So yeah, hundred percent. And 
so now jumping back to the fact that you guys are labeled as the biggest shit talkers, um, you think that's a team thing? Like on the offensive side of the ball, you guys run your mouth, or is that just kind of like the close knit defense? Like, honestly speaking, it's more defense. It's a defense thing. thing. Definitely it's defense. Because like, because we just have like our our defense as a whole has a mindset that we're better than everyone. Like that's that's just how it is. Like we're better than everyone. So like, you know, like if we like if we talk, like it motivates us to be like know like back up what we're saying so like, we know like we motivate us to like be better than everyone so like honestly i think it's a defense then so, like yeah just the people we have on defense and the mindset mentality we have like we just have dogs everywhere on every defensive position on d-line linebacker and db everywhere so directing this more towards nathan and josh nathan you've had a stellar career here all can or second team all canadian a couple years back leading uh one of the top running backs in the oua consistently and you went down in the Panda game, and then we saw Josh come in, and then we had the game against the following. It was the week following against Mac, right? Yeah. And what was it, one thirty-seven? You put up or something like that. And then the following week against Laurier, another big number like that. What was it? What's it been like getting to watch Nathan? And how much do you think that's led into some of your success and just being able to learn from him? Um, honestly, all the time, you know, like our running back group. I think we're pretty close and. Um, uh, we represent that. Uh, it's a strong part of our of our relationship as a running back group. And you know, I ask Carter for help like all the time. Like he helps, <laughs> like he like he helps me because I know he has a little bit more like experience and in depth, you know, um, like knowledge. So I try to I try to like use that to my advantage to try to learn from him. Uh, as well as Pickens too, he's also been here running back. Like so, I look at them as like you know role models to help me out too. So yeah. And then as sort of the the, the older player, what type of you know responsibility do you take in knowing that the future of this team very much is going to be uh, well, a big part of that's going to be the what you pass down to yeah, these guys. The next yeah. Um, so for me, it just kind of goes back to when I first started playing. When I first started playing, um, we had really three guys who would go to look like look to help to um Javari Bennett, Christian Battistelli, Jade Rowe. So all three of those guys, they they pretty much helped shape who I became as a running back. Um they would I would go to them for almost anything and everything. When it came to blocking, came to running, what I should do in this situation, what I should do in that situation. And in doing that I kinda learned that it's not just about what you do it's about how you shape the next generation to help the team and that's kind of the role i'm taking on as a senior player here right now so looking at the landscape of the oua as a whole it's been incredible to follow the last few years because of how competitive it's it's become sort of in in, in the middle i mean western still at least as far as the regular season goes reigns on top and you know a few championships to, to boot as well but just the two through six seven spot it's just been so uber competitive and it's made for incredible late season scenarios in terms of playoff seeding and everything like that now this past year in specific and we talked about this a bit before we started recording you guys went out to play laurier for the, the school day i don't even know want to think about 11 a.m start when you guys have yeah, to come in yeah. from ottawa for that game but more in terms of that game the interesting point is more about the playoff scenario. And so you guys said you were from aware of all the sort of outcomes with that one. So I know, Dakota, do you want to jump in on this one? Because I know this is a bit of your corner. I mean, I mean, sure. So 
were you aware of this as well? Were you guys, if you guys won by 18, that Laurier would actually make the playoffs as long as Waterloo lost? Was that something like the coaches ever talked to you guys about, or is that something the that coaches you just told us to win? Well, obviously, <laughs> but, like, yeah. We knew, yeah. But like we knew, like, like yeah. we knew all of us, but we just like the coaches they, like just want us to win. Now, were you guys ever thinking like you guys were up by you guys are up by twelve with yeah. thirty nine seconds left? Were you ever thinking like okay, maybe we should you know? Obviously, you want to score every time you get the ball, yeah. but are you trying to mm-hmm. run out the clock? What if let's put this hypothetical in? Because I've already talked to Laurie about this, and surprisingly, Waterloo is the one that disagrees as much. If if the gates opened for either of you when you had the ball, would you have run 20 yards and then just sat down your butt, or would you have punched mm, it in and scored? No, I would have punched it in. Definitely punched it in. That, because, <laughs> like, that's that's just, like, we're taught to finish every yeah. play. So if it's there, I'm going to take the opportunity and finish every play. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I would have wanted them to punch it in because the only reason, because, like, Wadu also beat us in the season. So, like, it was, like, it would be better if we got him out of the playoffs too. But, like. We just didn't really like, care about that. We just wanted to win. We just wanted to be in the playoffs, but then we got it. Now, flipping it a little bit, and I guess I'm mainly going to ask you this because you're on the defense side of the ball. If you're Laurier and you're down by 12 and you have to lose by 18 points, mm-hmm. what kind of goes through your mind of, okay, I'm already, we've already lost this game, so now I have to lose by more if I want to play next week? Exactly. Or do I want to kind of go out with a little bit of pride but have a longer offseason? I would have, I would have, to be honest, I would have went like through a pick or fumbled a ball or something for Laurier because like it doesn't really matter about pride if you're in the playoffs or not. Like if you're out the playoffs, you're out the playoffs. <laughs> like this, like it doesn't really matter in my opinion. But like I would have, if I was Laurier, I would have made like Carlton score again, just so, just so they could be in the playoffs. I no, and I, I like it because every I feel like every person I ask has a different answer. Um, I mean, like when I used to play, if someone told me to to lose by more, I'd probably lose respect for the coach right there. But then also as a coach. I'm like, my job is to get put my team in a position to win a championship, yeah. and if you have to lose to get yourself there, exactly. And like the Laurier guys, obviously they weren't very receptive when I said that. But Waterloo is the most. Dis- I guess the episode's out by now. By the time you hear this one, yeah. Gordon Lamb hated that idea. He seemed very. He seemed very angry when I said that Laurier should have lost by more points. But I don't know. I just like asking that question, to everyone. So now taking a look forward to the, the upcoming 2020 season. Once again, kind of taking into account the competitive nature of, of the OUA, it seems like maybe even Western's going to come back down to earth a little bit. Um, <laughs> a little disapproval there. Um, well, fair enough. I, all right, I didn't think you were actually going to be that honest about it. What's the outlook for the Carlton Ravens going into 2020 now? Um, I'm honestly really excited to see how things are going to pan out. Um, we have a very new offense, a very new um kind of outlook from an offensive perspective or perspective where we're not just kind of playing an offense we are going to start going after teams taking more deep shots and playing a lot more aggressive which I feel like we haven't really done and if you ask any of like our offensive players they'll more or less kind of tell you the same thing where we're very we're very um conservative in how we play yeah like uh going on what Nathan said yeah like this season it's going to be different, but we have to keep that dominant mentality, you know. And uh, offensively, I feel like we're going to be able to um, use use our abilities to our full advantage. Um, and, yeah, we're just going to come, come, in, come through trying to win it all this season, yeah. Defensively, we're just going to 
pick it up more and more and more every year because we've been getting better every year since we're under a new dc like last year like last last year was his first start and this year was the second the second year here and we're just getting better and better we're just gonna keep we're gonna get better as a group better individual positional and it's gonna get better and it's like because we're trying to like we're, we're like our minds on defense like we're not trying to rely on the offense we're just trying to like make if if the offense is not going to score all we need is a kicker and our defense and and that will exactly how we win the game and that's what we're going to get and we're like it will help if we get help from the offense too but we don't really need the help from the offense we're just going to get better and better so it looks like you two are going to have an off season then you guys don't have to worry about anything about scoring apparently <laughs> defense is just going to do it all um we I, we kind of touched on this when we were at Windsor but I just want to talk about it here what's it like knowing that unless it's you know the panda or a home game or queens you guys have to travel a lot like does that take i guess maybe compared to like we can compare it to when you guys were in high school like does that take an extra toll on you guys especially i guess the last game of the season where it was a thursday at 11 a.m like that's gotta yes. whether or not like you have that time to rest your your body's not used to playing at that time so like does the travel really take an extra toll on you guys i'd say most definitely like you're on a bus for what six seven sometimes eight hours not really moving body gets stiff and it just honestly it sucks as an athlete when you get older things are um it's a little bit harder wait till you retire (laughs) exactly not a bad yeah so uh, most definitely it's i i personally don't like traveling too much or too long it's (laughs) just the wrong school then (laughs) honestly like it sucks but it's all it's all like a mindset like if you just have the right mindset and this is what it is, like but like you just have to like there's no we can't avoid it. So like you yeah, have to you just have to go through it. So like you have to accept it. When yeah. you accept it, you have to make the best of it. Well, to be honest. Is it a little different for you just coming from uh, Clarkson yeah, Prep, yeah. where every game was an eight-hour bus ride? Like, yeah, it's not different, but like, like at Clarkson, I actually like I didn't enjoy. I was I joined because I was younger. Like I'm like I'm whatever, but like now it's like now like I actually have like to worry about school. Like in high school, I didn't really worry about school, but like I have to worry about school and stuff. And now I'm just like. It is what it is, though. Like, I have to accept the fact that it's far. Yeah, like, uh, road games, like, I remember the longest one was Windsor, yeah. which is opposite of <laughs> See, the, Ontario. The, the, the yeah. other coast of our, of our <laughs> Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, it does take a toll on you, like they said. But, um, yeah, you just kind of accept it. Like, you kind of, and you kind of, like, have a, like, I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like everybody has their own, like, little traveling routine. Like, what I'll do is... I'll like take a nap and then study a little bit on the bus and like watch a movie and then time goes by a little bit faster like when you're doing stuff on the bus too. No, I feel that I slept the whole ride up here. Yeah, I, yeah, I just let I just let Zach and his girlfriend drive up. Yeah. Um, do you know for for all the away games, do you guys always go up the day before? I uh, most of the time. Yeah, except yeah, for Queens. Like yeah, yeah, for Queens. That's it. Yeah. Queens went the day of. Okay. Um, now again, just jumping back, looking into to twenty twenty. Let's put the panda aside, just because I feel like that's the biggest game. Is there a particular game that the three of you, or individually, you have circled? Like you're ready, you're, you're excited for this. Guelph, huh? Guelph, yeah. Western. Um, every game to be honest, but Guelph. Gonna lock down Clark Barnes. Yeah, most <laughs> definitely. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I think mine would be. Gloria, Gloria. Yeah. So since Guelph came up naturally in that that playoff loss, that had to have been one of the more painful ways to lose a game, let alone the playoffs. 
what what was the feeling like after that went down with the the block punt the recovery i mean you guys were in control for that entire game what was the atmosphere like afterwards um yeah that was a tough game uh it just shows that like it like the game isn't over until it's fully over because the play before that we had just got a touchdown nick renault went all the way down the field he threw a long shot got the ball he caught it and then we ended up getting into the end zone after that and um i don't know if that kind of changed changed the mindset a little bit but um yeah there was 30 seconds left or the last play of the game whatever right and then i don't know exactly if it was because of that which um a blocker was able to come through and block the punt but uh yeah it was, it was a tough loss you know we just had to just got to accept it and move on to be honest yeah gotta accept the loss it was bad it was a bad loss so looking forward to next year uh once again you know to me josh you were the breakout player for carlton this year I'd, you know think about the running back here for ravens i think nathan once i started seeing what you were doing obviously that was an incredible pleasant surprise are there any players that we should be looking out for that maybe you know casual viewers of the game don't know or maybe you know he's been getting some reps or or maybe just coming up from scout team or whatever but just someone that you think might be having a breakout year this coming year offense or defense or special teams wherever it may be of offense for me i'd probably end up saying kerwin geese i've he he hasn't really seen the field much, but this offseason I've seen him work to astronomical levels. He's always doing something, always on the field, always trying to get better, looking to pass people. So like Bahar, I've never seen someone talk to Bahar so much in my life, trying to get better. Sorry, just before you guys, what's that like having uh, like a great alum like Nabahar back in Ottawa. Is he is he around campus a lot? Is he talking, helping out with the guys? I'd say yeah, almost yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, like ahead. Bahar and um Howell. Yeah, and Howell there and even some like other guys too, like Tunde I'll see sometimes and some other guys like I'll see them quite often around in the locker room, you know. They always give back to like the foundation where they came from, you know. Uh Howell and Bahar are always helping out doing like um prospects like we have this program of prospects where like it helps little um younger people younger kids with football camps and stuff like that so they're always helping out always teaching us stuff uh information about football too like uh, sometimes like um carter was saying like i'll see the wide receivers in bahar and um kerwin you know asking bahar questions always like up here just they're always working hard you know so uh yeah and then so just um any other players once again thinking about maybe breakout years uh coming up for 2020 anything off the top of your head um off the top of my head i don't want to like yeah just one because there i feel like everybody on this team has the ability to do something great definitely uh, and Yeah, so that's just where I feel like I feel like everybody on this team has has a factor in which if they're given the opportunity, they will do the best that they will do. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I'm certain just knowing the talent you guys have on this team, the sort of known talent, if you will, mm-hmm. the three of you, for example, of guys that people know to look out for. 
even if it's just those guys having the success uh, of repre- repeated success I'm sure you guys will go very far throughout the regular season and uh, of course into the playoffs so I know we're going to be cheering for you guys next year and thank you so much for having us in here and uh, best of luck guys thank, thank you, you thank, thank you. you thank you once again that was Dakota and I speaking with the Carlton Ravens own Nathan Carter Joshua Ferguson and another former player of yours Dakota Almin Shipaloo. uh first impressions from talking with uh with the guys what do you got I mean it's it's pretty much you know the I don't want to say cocky the confidence that we uh we thought they would have talking to all the other teams great bunch of guys uh, I actually expected you know uh, the the ground and pound game to be a, a little more boisterous I'd say those are both very uh soft-spoken gentlemen but you know Alamine made up for it with that with that defensive confidence. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, it's 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 nice that they kind of took all the, uh, well, all, all the comments as you alluded to from all the other teams. Just took it with stride. It, it's almost funny that they were like, "Yeah, it, it it is us. Like we are the team that talks the most smack." So that was <laughs> uh, that was that was pretty funny. And uh, you know, once again, something that you had kind of mentioned in in talking with them, uh, getting the perspective of much like we did with Laurier and Waterloo having the two teams in the same city. Um, but I guess with Ottawa and Carleton, it's such a bigger city than, than Kitchener Waterloo that I guess, oh, like, but they don't like, they don't like each other. It's that's, that's the one difference. That's so Waterloo and Laurier, like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, game's over. We respect them. Carleton, Ottawa. Mm, I mean, not to say certain words, but I just don't think there's much love between those two teams. <laughs> no, no, certainly not. But that was a, that was a good time. And, uh, you know, of course that was also the same weekend, uh, crossing over with the, uh, I forget it was if it was the U Sport Championship in basketball or the on OUA championships, but just a, a big sports weekend going down Carlton. And of course, anytime at Carlton University, uh, you know we're all about the football, but uh, basketball is uh, you know what reigns supreme there. So that was actually pretty cool, getting to kind of peek in on some of the games there. Um, obviously, uh, for uh, everyone listening, we ended up killing a bit of time between Carlton and Ottawa. It would have been nice to uh, check out some of those games, but you know what? We we know now for next time. We know now for next time, Dakota. I'm not. Um, hopefully, uh, obviously we won't have too good a sense of how this sounds until we are off, uh, the phone right now and get to chop the audio up. But this is the first time we are doing a remote episode. You and I, Dakota, um, we may never see each other again after this, or there's no point. I mean, there's other than, does, our, our fun, other than our fondness for each other. There does seem to be a button to activate a, uh, a video here, but I am currently just in a tank top and uh, sweating a little bit in my warm apartment here. Um, but no, see, the, the key to quarantine is you have to get up and you actually have to get dressed and pretend <laughs> that you're an adult. Otherwise, you just fall into this, this rut, you know, but I'm sure people know that. Um, but obviously, we are in the midst of uh, the uh, quarantine, the COVID happening here. Um but that's not stopping us in terms of trying to put out content. We obviously have a few more of the off-season walkthrough tour episodes that we are going to be posting. And we are still at, going to be trying to actually do a, uh, a remote interview for the two remaining schools that we haven't actually got to sit down with. But on top of that, you know, for any players or coaches listening or just anyone who loves talking OUA football, um, you know, we reached out on Instagram earlier this week but just to reiterate the point you know um if you got five ten minutes or you know whatever if you just want to talk some OUA football send us a message uh you know we're on instagram at the 55 podcast you know we're on twitter uh at the 55 
uh, on Facebook, even though we don't even use it. We got the email going. You know who we are. It's Zach. It's Dakota. Reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to talk OEA football because that's obviously what we do. Um, and, you know, just trying to. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of that, too. But, you know, trying to keep people's spirits up with the content. You know, our our, uh, our brethren, Brandon Mackey, he's doing his thing with his uh, uh, internal budget podcast, his Ottawa Senators thing. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to do our piece with it, too. Um, and, yeah, so any last words, Dakota? Stay safe, stay healthy. It's my new sign on for everything. I love it. That's uh, that's the new mantra. So uh, until uh, until next week, we'll see you there at the 55.